0: You are listening to SALT's Teaching Social Justice Podcast. Hi, this is Olympia Duhart with SALT's Teaching Social Justice Podcast, and today I'm here with Professor Isak Kundawala from Nova Southeast University's Shepherd Broad College of Law. Hello.
1: Hi, thank you so much, Olympia, for having me. It's really an honor. Uh, I teach in the commercial law area and also legal ethics at NSU. I've been here since 2008 and uh, really loving every minute of it. Um, I really enjoy law teaching, and uh, law school, I think, you know, when you think about all the different types of jobs a lawyer could have, I think teaching in law school is probably one of the best jobs in the world. We get to interact with students on a daily basis who are bright and motivated and want to absorb whatever we have to give to them. And we get paid to study, talk about, think about, teach, and write about the law. So I guess the only downside is really going to faculty meetings and grading exams, but that's a pretty good trade-off, don't you think?
0: I think so. I was going to suggest maybe grading papers wasn't so much fun, but you beat me to (laughs) it. (laughs) So uh, the focus of this podcast is on teaching social justice. Um, What courses do you teach?
1: I teach in the commercial area. So I teach contract sales, secure transactions, bankruptcy law, and also legal ethics.
0: Wow. And do you have the opportunity to explore social justice issues in any of those courses?
1: Of course. I, I explore them in legal ethics and in bankruptcy law quite often. In the other commercial law subjects, such as contracts, sales, and secure transactions, there isn't a whole lot of opportunity, but there are some. And so where there are, I can, I can try to do that. But with bankruptcy and legal ethics there are definitely a lot more doors open to, to talk about and, and, and think about social justice issues in those classes.
0: Can you walk us through how that looks in a bankruptcy class, for instance?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, I just want to say when you're thinking about, you know, teaching social justice in law school, it's really the ideal place to do so because, you know, in every course that we teach, whether it's contracts, sales, secure transactions, bankruptcy, legal ethics, torts, constitutional law, we have the opportunity to really shape students uh, thinking and open their minds to different ways of thinking that they may not have perhaps thought about. And so, and we're also giving them the knowledge and the skill set to think critically about a whole variety of issues in law, justice, and equity, equality, and all these different things. And so we really can prepare them to affect change in their communities once they graduate, especially when you think about a course like bankruptcy. You know, when you think about bankruptcy, first of all, uh, most people come into the course thinking about it as, okay, someone couldn't manage their, their expenses and they got they got in a whole world of trouble and now they're going to use these laws to escape their obligations to their creditors. And and a lot of people come in with that faulty mindset of thinking that, you know, it's, it's always their fault. It's always their fault that they had to file for bankruptcy relief. And I think in a course like bankruptcy, I'm able to open their eyes a bit as to what might have happened. And, you know, they hadn't perhaps thought about, for example, somebody who's taking care of their parents and paying medical bills, or yeah. someone who's experienced uh, some other medical crisis in their family and their health insurance just isn't covering or picking up the entire bill. And so they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of hospital bills that they cannot pay. And, and you know that ties into our healthcare problems as well. But bankruptcy offers them a way to have a fresh start and to reduce or completely eliminate by discharge a lot of those debts and so sometimes the students see for the first time in in, in a course like bankruptcy law all the different reasons why someone might be filing and what i like to do is introduce for example disparities in income when you see someone of color in the same job with the same experience the same educational background Uh making 10 to 20 to 30 percent less than their white counterpart that opens eyes and it makes one think about why, why is that the case? They're the same geographic region. They have the same background. They have the same experience. So income disparity is one area where, where I look at and I show them the facts. And, and
0: how did the students respond to this?
1: Well, they respond to it with shock. I mean, they're, they're sometimes they haven't seen this before in their other education, whether it's liberal arts or more focused education in undergraduate studies. They haven't seen this. They haven't seen that there are actual, there's actual data that's objective out there that shows the disparities. And another example I can give you is, for example, chapter 13 type bankruptcies where that's a five year type repayment plan that some debtors choose to file instead of a chapter seven. And sometimes they don't choose to file it. That's the only chapter they can file in because they can't pay the chapter seven bill. So in a chapter seven bankruptcy, mm-hmm. Typically, the debtor has to pay the entire lawyer's fees at one time, which makes it not affordable for certain people. And those people tend to be people of color. And so they end up filing a Chapter 13, which allows them to pay their their bankruptcy attorney over a course of five years. The problem, though, is when you look at the data Uh and you see that people of color filing Chapter 13 get their cases dismissed at a much higher rate than their white counterparts, again, you have another data point that shows the disparity and the inequities that exist in our legal system. And so the students, you know, when they they see the data, Uh their their minds open up, their eyes open up, and they, they really then think about why. Why could this, how could this be? Why is this the case? And I know when they start opening their eyes and their minds to the fact that these actual objective factual disparities exist in our system that perhaps they'll then think about, well, what can we do? How can we address this issue?
0: That and was my next question. Yeah. So you got a little ahead of me. This is so interesting, but what is the, the remedy or do you get to explore this at all in your bankruptcy course?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And well, I guess we'll get to that in some of you had written some really nice questions here. And I think one of the things that I try to do Is is try to uh, introduce as much objective evidence as I can to the students to show them the different data points and uh, I I can give you a long list. I mean that I did with chapter 13 dismissal rates. I can show you the difference of people of color and and hospital bills. I can show you the difference of the amount of student loan debt that people of color have versus their white counterparts. I can show you predatory lending issues that come up. So, for Um. example, uh, a person of color with the same credit score and the same income would have a higher interest rate on a loan for their home than their white counterpart.
0: Did you all say with the same income?
1: Exactly, so you, you see all these different objective data points and I put them out there and I show the students, here's, here's what it is. I, I don't have an explanation for you, a legal explanation for you. I might have a social explanation for you, but I don't have a legal one for you. And mm-hmm. so I try, to, I try to put that out there and one way to talk about how to change this is how you how you address your practice of law in the future. But before I get to that, I want to say one thing: is that when I'm introducing these topics of social justice, uh-huh. I think the most important thing I try to do is to avoid politics, because the moment you introduce any political discourse, you lose a third to a half of your students. Uh-huh. We are seeing more divisiveness politically than ever before. So what I try to do is I try to introduce the data.
0: So these are the them, facts, these are the objective facts. numbers. Let, let, them see
1: the facts, let them see the facts objectively and let, them, and let me guide them as gently as I can to reaching their own conclusions about the facts. And hopefully they, get it, they, hopefully they get it right. You don't have to be on the left or the right or in the middle to see that real change needs to, needs to happen. You don't have to, it doesn't matter what your political background is to understand that real change must happen. So I try to do that. I try to avoid rallying up anyone who wants to get political. Instead, I just focus on the facts. So that's one piece of advice I can definitely give about teaching social justice in the classroom. But yeah. I think it gets lost, it gets lost in the shuffle. Because once students see that you're politically motivated to drive a certain agenda, you're gonna turn off a third to a half of your class and then everything else you say won't matter. And so So I'm
0: hearing focus on objective data, avoid raising a political issue. Any other advice for somebody who wants to raise these issues, especially in the area that you're talking about, which I think is so critical. I think
1: think just gently guiding them to their own conclusions, making them think critically about why the facts are what they are. Uh, And I think exploring the reasons for the inequities. I think that's important to see, and so again, you know, I avoid. In fact, a lot of my students and colleagues don't exactly know how I lean on every issue, and that's fine. Uh, I don't. I don't want students to know how I lean on an issue because I don't want them to think that I'm that I'm introducing bias into the classroom. I want them to think that here I am objectively, which is what I do. I objectively present the facts. I don't introduce bias into the classroom, and a lot of my students appreciate that fact. And so I think that's, that's something important when you're doing these matters, but when you're teaching and, and trying to promote social justice in your teaching. With COVID and these new teaching modalities, you know, online, hybrids of teaching in the classroom and online, we have all kinds of challenges, but if not in law school, then where? If not now, then when? And so when you think about all these issues, now is the perfect time and law school is the perfect place. We are training people to think critically, to write critically, and they'll be trained as lawyers and lawyers have power to effectuate meaningful change in their communities. They have incredible power to take cases, to litigate, to appeal, to to basically influence legislation at the state and federal level. They have all these powers and with that power comes great responsibility. And I think the responsibility is, and this goes back to some of your earlier questions, is that the responsibility is that sometimes you have to encourage students to take cases and causes that are not popular, that are difficult, Uh and to do so on a pro bono basis, not for your own profit, but for the betterment of society. And I think that we do that, particularly at NSU, I think we do a good job of that in our clinical programs and our externship programs, we do a good job of that. We're introducing students to clients who would not otherwise have access to the legal system. And so I think right. if we can leave that impression as, as law school professors on our students that, you know, I should take that case. It's a difficult one and it may not be enjoyable all, to work through it all the way, but I'm passionate about this issue. I want to see this particular inequity corrected. And through litigation and through working on the case, they may be able to correct one person's inequity and take a greater step forward to, creating, to, to curing a societal inequity. And I think that's social justice in action.
0: So is there anything else you'd like to add today?
1: Yes, you know, after thinking about all these issues again, uh, you know, you don't always think about them on a daily basis, but you really should. I've decided that I'm gonna to try to really push for more social justice teaching in all of my classes. I think it's really important to try to find ways to do it and to reach as many students as possible so i really i really thank you for this opportunity to talk about these issues
0: oh that's great to hear thank you so much and thank you for spending time with us today you've enjoyed my it
1: my honor and my pleasure thank you so much Olympia.